the Legion. <sighs> of lethargic super geeks. We aren't picky. If it's sci-fi or fantasy, we'll chat about it. Welcome to the Legion of Lethargic Super Geeks. Uh, today I have uh, Scotty Reeves on Skype. Say hi, Scotty. Hello. I have uh, Roy Richardson in the room. Hi, Scotty. And I have Chip Talon in the room. Hello, Scotty. And we are discussing Jack Kirby's Fourth World today. And uh, <clears throat> to start the conversation, I think what I'm going to do is ask Roy to give us a brief description of what the fourth world is, just so that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. Then I'm going to run around the room and get one to five kind of ratings from everybody. Okay, a little historical perspective. I think uh, most people that are interested in comics have some idea that uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created the Marvel Universe that we all know in the early 60s and kept on creating it through the decade of the 60s. But what happened in the late 60s was Jack Kirby uh, picked up and left Marvel to go to DC. Now, this is a very common occurrence these days, so people probably don't realize quite how shocking that was to readers at the time. It was like the president of the United States defecting to Russia. To, it was to, about like that. All us little geeks were pretty shaken up by it. But we were pretty eager to see what he was going to do, too. And what he did was what came to be known as Jack Kirby's Fourth World, which was the New Gods, Mr. Miracle, Forever People, and Jimmy Olsen, which was an established DC title that Kirby took over because it was selling really badly, and he uh, wanted to see what he could do with it. Uh, the preeminent character that came out of that that pretty much everybody who's ever picked up a comic should be familiar with was Darkseid. Uh, they've gotten uh, an amazing amount of mileage out of that character. Um, and in fact, uh, DC's big event this summer is going to be uh, called the Darkseid Wars, so they're still getting mileage out of him. Um, Did you know that he was the final villain in Smallville? Yeah, I watched uh, the final episode. Oh, okay, cool. As cheesy, oh, he really was? Cheesy really as was. it was. And he was the villain in Justice League War, the new animated that just came out uh, last summer. Yeah. Right. And he was Skeletor, was the analog for Darkseid in the He-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> Make the lurch noise. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, so so that's a pretty good synopsis. I'm going to run around the room and get uh, one to five ratings. We all have read it in the last couple of months, I guess. Yeah. Chip, one to five. Um, I would give it a four, mm -hmm. and that's taken into account when it was written and how old it is. But it, it was pretty good. I mean, like, I would love to have read it then. I would love to have been a kid and read it when it came out. It right. would have been like, un it would have been like, yeah, yeah. mind blowing. It would have been like reading the new X-Men when I was a kid because sure. it was brand new. Right. You know, right, right. trust me, it was mind blowing. Roy? Because I uh, read it when it came out. Sure. And in that time when you didn't have access to all these comics, um, I was, uh, I think like 13 years old at the time. And I remember I was out of school sick 
And uh, my mother worked at a doctor's office next to a pharmacy. And whenever uh, one of us would be out of school sick, she'd buy a pile of comics and bring right. it home. And at that time, I had decided that I had outgrown comics. And she brought this big pile in, and I'm yeah, flipping through them. Batman, Sergeant Rock, blah, blah, who cares? And then I hit Forever People number four, and I'm like, what is this? And I read it, and it, it blew my mind. And I became obsessed probably at least on the same level and maybe exceeding the level that teenage boys get crushes on girls mm -hmm. with finding those comics, you know. Sure. And I rode my bike to all the local uh, 7-Elevens and pharmacies and everything trying to find these things. And it was a months-long obsession before I managed to get all the issues. I think I finally got New Guys number one from some dealer in Passaic, New Jersey, you know. Wow. That was a big quest to uh, mm -hmm. track all those down. Was the paper chase not open yet? It was, but they were downtown. And they were yeah, down on ponds. Major badgering to get my father to take me right. down there. Oh, yeah, I bet. And that was the first comic book shop I ever went to, and it was like in 75 or 74 I went down there. Yeah. It was the only, like, I yep. looked up, we mm -hmm. came to Atlanta, and it's like, okay, it's a big city. I bet they have a comic book shop. Or somebody told me, and I went in the yellow pages, and I went comic books. I'm like, there's a comic book So I'm venturing to guess that this is probably going to be pretty close to a five for you, one to five. What are you going to give it? Yeah, I would have to. I guess if I was looking at it objectively, I'd go with a four, but because of nostalgia and historical sure. value, I'll have to put it in at a five. Mm -hmm. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, the longevity of the characters. Yeah. Right, um, sure. Oh, yeah. Scotty, you have a rating for me? Yeah, I'd go with a four. Um, and I still think the artwork holds up because to me, his artwork is just, it's what, to me, it's, I remember it as a kid and it's what, it's sort of, what set my standard for art? If that I makes mean, any sense, you know. It's, I mean, it's it what really, set uh, the, it's what set you know, the standard for art for everybody for a couple decades or more. Uh, probably more like forty years. There really is before and after Kirby's Marvel mm -hmm. artwork. Mm -hmm. Even Kirby worked twenty years before mm -hmm. doing successful comics, but his stuff was just not what it became at Marvel. Well, one thing that from the um, the digital comics that I'm reading of it, they uh, do a lot of show the old Kirby stuff, right? Like the old Newsboy Legion, yeah. And the and his art back then. I mean, to see how his art evolved. I mean, that stuff yep. was from the '40s, mm -hmm. you know. And then this is in the '70s, and you know, it's you can really like it's like two different artists, oh, really. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. but and. God, that stuff was horrible, and then this <laughs> stuff is really good. So I think it's a good uh, it's a good thing because it makes it goes wow. Look how good the new gods really is compared mm -hmm. to Manhunter. Sure, sure. <laughs> and the thing was, he's you know that stuff sold millions. I mean, he was very successful. Uh, well, that was him and Joe Simon. <clears throat> yeah, the and Simon, they, Simon Kirby team was very successful, and that's the same team that invented Captain America, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Mm. Yep. What else did uh, Kirby do for DC? You said Jimmy Olsen. Um, what was the other stuff that he did? Well, he did uh, his most successful book for them came after the uh, Fourth World was canceled, a book called Commandy mm -hmm. uh, that was sort of a cross between an old idea he had had for a comic strip, a uh, post apocalyptic thing, mm -hmm. uh, meets Planet of the Apes, which was very popular at the time. Right. Commanding the Last Boy on Earth. Yes, that's, that's it. it. Commanding the Last Boy. That was his most successful book he did at DC. Mm -hmm. 
Because I think it was a more of a high concept, not as complicated. I right. mean, with the fourth I, world, you had to read four comic books to know what was going on. Well, and they, it, you did and you didn't. You know, like you could have read straight through um, the New Gods, but you, you, you could have read it and you didn't realize what you were missing. But when you read the New Gods and the Forever People and Mister Miracle, you started seeing that cross, and you start seeing how big and rich the world is. Right. It wasn't absolutely necessary. Yeah. It's but... not like Marvel today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could read this and have a story arc and be content. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, they think that a lot of what did it in, though, was that at the time that was very a uh, revolutionary concept. The yeah. kid going, I've got to buy four comics. And just like I was talking about at the beginning, it was really hard to find comics oh, yeah. back then. Yeah. You know? So a lot of people were just like, oh, this is too much trouble. I'm not going to you know, yeah. look for these things. Right. Whereas now, that you know, everything's like all tied in. It's uh, yeah. considered to be an asset, and, uh, not a detriment. Right, right. Well, it's easy it's, enough to find the content now. If you miss an issue, you can just download it. Well, yeah. I mean, you can just go and, and sure. buy it off of any of the... Oh, yeah. I know. It's a different world. It's hard for kids to comprehend uh, mm-hmm. what it was like back then. But, I mean, literally, well, I would I have remember, to... remember, though. I oh, do. I totally remember. Um, very similar to your story. Um uh, one of the big comics that had a huge impact on me was uh, Frank Miller's Daredevil that I read when I was pretty young. And um, I only ever read one issue because I never found the others. Wow. Until, you know, I was well into high school. And things were infinitely better then in the 80s than they were back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember reading, um, what was it? I remember reading Fantastic Four like I had been able to catch, and you know, you were pretty impressed if you were able to catch all the issues in a row. Oh, sure. And I had read like maybe ten or eleven uh, Fantastic Fours in a row, coming up to issue two hundred. <laughs> and I remember we were at TJ, we were at the Weigels in Knoxville. I could tell you which Weigels we were at, and I found it. And I was like, I gotta get this. And my mom's like, Well, do you have the money? And I'm like, It was whatever. I was short like a quarter. I was like, No. And she goes, I really, I don't have a quarter. And we probably, we may not have had a quarter at the time. Right. I don't know. But I never, I, I just stopped reading Fantastic Four because I never got to read 200, which was like this double, triple right. issue where um, Dr. Doom had stole all their powers and had them all himself. And then I saw like 202 and I'm like, well, I don't know what happened. So I'm just going to quit reading it. Well, yeah, I know because I, uh, the little town that I grew up in, everybody knew everybody, of course, Narcross, uh, Narcross of 40 years ago. Uh, and I would go to the corner store, and uh, my father would give me a dollar, you know, and I could get comics and Coke and a candy bar. But if I ever came up with one or two comics over the dollar I had, I knew the guy there. He was friends with my father. He'd go, oh, hell, kid, just take them, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> nice. And now they're five bucks a shot. Oh, my that God. is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. It's just <laughs> terrible. I feel sorry for. I, I I was in a comic shop a while back, and there was a young guy, uh, not a kid, but a, probably a teenager in his college age with a pile of comics. And I was like, I'm glad to see these young people still buying comics. And he gets up there, and it costs him thirty bucks for this oh, yeah. pile of comics. You know, it's like Tiny that's pile, just yeah. not right. It isn't right at all. Well, very frustrating. It's like somebody told the other day. Somebody had read the article, and they're like, "Well, so they're combining the Marvel universes and doing this whole new secret war. What do you think?" And I go, "I think there's enough comics out there that I haven't read that I could probably spend the rest of my life and never have to read that." <laughs> 
Yeah. And uh, so it looks like I'll be reading some indies here soon. Mm-hmm. Actually, I bought all the trees up to what's current. Sure. But I haven't read them yet. So. Hey, Scotty, do you have a favorite character in the fourth world universe? No, I mean, not besides um, uh, what's-his-face, the villain we're talking about. I mean, that's the main one. Oh, and that's the would... one that jumped out at me. I thought you um, would have been a huge fan of Light Wave. Light Ray. Uh, Light Ray. Yeah, yeah that was second. Second. Oh, okay. All right. Well, and then he went on to be in the Teen Titans. <laughs> or one, of the, one of the Furies. Lashina, oh, yeah. Stompa. <laughs> Mad Harriet. I mean, I have to admit that uh, that my favorite uh, character set from uh, the Fourth World is uh, is actually the Orion Caliban dichotomy. Hmm. You know, I like I I think that that was actually a pretty neat idea for them to exchange children as young people and for them to have to grow up and you know face their uh, parents as uh, nemeses. But. Okay, so I never got this, and this, I don't think this was ever explained. And it might be explained later on in Mister Miracle, but we're not we're not you know doing any spoiler alerts because this was written in seventy four. Right. Um, <laughs> Scott Free is the son of the leader of the New Gods on New Genesis, right? High father, yeah, he is the High Father's son, right? With the woman that Steppenwolf killed, All right? Okay. Does that ever play into anything? Because Orion is Darkseid's son, but they don't ever seem to be as concerned with the fact that Scott Free is the All-Father's, or Odin's son. So is he Thor? (laughs) (laughs) No. And um, to to get back to what Alan was referring to is um, where they have Orion and Calabac are half-brothers. Right. Uh, Darkseid is the father of both but they had different mothers. Uh, Tigra was Orion's mother, and she I was see. chosen in an arranged marriage. Darkseid hated her. Right. But the mother of Calabac, we never see. Mm-hmm. She was the one he really wanted to marry, and he had an affair with her and had this son, Calabac. I see. But then her, his mother, Darkseid's mother, had her assassinated because she didn't approve of her. So you never saw that character. I see. You never I saw it was like Suli or something like yeah, that. I think yeah, he said. Boy, you outgeeked me on that one. I don't. Know I just I, read it. I, I just read it sitting in the hair before name, you guys yeah. came in. Yeah, you, but you never saw that character. She was dead and gone before the uh, storyline. It was just referred to in the past tense. Um, yeah, you know, in uh, New Gods number 11, Orion kills Calabac, but then when Kirby went back to him, they had to bring the character back, which I think was a mistake, you know. It's a, that, that same old thing over and over where you, nobody's ever stays dead, so yeah, death means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my favorite characters, I really like the Forever People. I thought they were cool. Space hippies. Huh? Space, Space hippies. And how they did the thing with Infinite Man? Infinity Man. Infinity yeah. Man. Taru. The magic word. Which he like disappears like after like the third issue and he's coming back in like the last issue before mm-hmm. they cancel the thing. So. And remember, I mean, and I think I've told the story before, but you wouldn't have Thanos, which is like the key thing to Marvel right now right. without Darkseed because Starlin was like, I'm going to, ri- he said, I'm writing this Iron Man. And he told Roy Thomas, I'm going to rip off one of the new gods. And he goes, well, which one? And he wanted to do um, the guy with the Mobius chair. Mobius. Um, 
Metron. 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 He yeah. wanted to do Metron because he wanted to have somebody that was like above it all and unfeeling and all of that. And uh, Roy Thomas, the quote is Roy Thomas said, if you're going to riff one off, riff off Darkseid. He's the best. Or Darkseid, he's the best one. Yeah, yeah, right. So he ripped off him and made Thanos. Right. Or Thanos. Or however you want How to do they say it? I believe it's Thanos. Thanos. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I guess Kirby came in and filled in the hole because there was no Eternals or Titans background to any of that when it first came out. He just kind of threw him up as this cosmic character in Iron Man. Right. And then yeah, they had a backup. And then it got filled in. Which that comic is worth a lot of money now. Huh? That comic is worth a lot of money now. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sure. Scotty, did you, uh, did you ever uh, read any uh, stories that featured any of the characters from the New Gods outside of this like, uh, or, or experienced them in any, in any other media before this? No, this is the first. But, I mean, it had that similar, you know, as a kid, um, kind of like what you guys were talking about, some of the things, I would get Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And um, it had that cosmic sort of feel and, you know, a lot of the artwork was sort of trippy and, and those type of things that were that was similar. So it really kind of felt at times a little bit like that to me. Okay. But I remember making no sense of that as a kid. But I just thought the artwork was so cool mm-hmm. that, um, you know, and, and Thanos and all those were always my uh, – they're always part of my favorite uh, of the Marvel sect. So it's kind of funny to hear that he's actually patented off of, uh, you know, yeah. 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 off of Fourth World. But it makes sense now that you say it. Hmm. You know, I, he's still one of my favorite villains. Well, Bruce Tim did a lot to keep the characters alive and popular, yes. too, because he used them extensively in the Superman cartoon. Right. Yeah, and then I remember the Forever People popping up in Young Justice. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I had seen Dark Side from the... I get to do it now. The X Men Teen Titans crossover comic, right? right. Yeah, but I didn't know who he. I didn't know who he was previously, but um, and then I figured that out. And then when my daughter was watching it, uh, um, what did I just call it? Young What's, Justice. Young Justice. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, and I, I texted you and I said, the Tomorrow People. And you're like, who the hell are the? I mean, I'm sorry, the Forever People. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, um, well, the first time I ever read a Dark Side story was in a Legion of Superhero story called uh, The Great Darkness Saga. Have you ever seen this? Yeah, that was back in the 80s, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, basically it takes place in the future, and uh, there are these uh, like sort of shadowy uh, characters that are, uh, that, are, that, are, that are doing battle with uh, the Legion of Superheroes, and um, they're trying to figure out who these guys are because they're, they're, they're incredibly powerful and they don't know anything. Well, it turns out that they're like the dead bodies of uh, heroes from the 20th century that uh. Darkseid has uh, reanimated. So they're, they're like actually battling Superman's body and stuff. Wow. And it was uh, uh, pretty spooky for an eight-year-old or whatever it was. I remember who, do you know who wrote that? Like when what era that have, was? I would and have to look it up. I believe it was right Paul Levitz. Yeah. I think that's right. I love. Right. I really love the 80s. Uh, Legion. I, that was the only DC comic I read back then was the Legion of Superheroes. And then I hear, um, I was listening to Grant Morrison's Super Gods book, and he's talking about the, the 80s Legion and all of this, and I'm like, I never thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah, Paul Levitz like and that. Keith Giffen. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a good. Well, like Keith Giffen guy's been around forever because he still writes stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, he's an old bastard. He's about my age. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, and then, and then the next time that I saw Dark Side was in the New Teen Titans X Men crossover, uh, which also had the Terminator Deathstroke, mm-hmm. and it also Wade had, Wilson, uh, Slade, Slade Wilson. Yeah, Wade Wilson is, is uh, Deadpool. Yeah, right. And. Um, it also had uh, Dark Phoenix, right? Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, and I did see some of that Superpowers comic that you were talking about in the mid '80s. Poor you. But I have to, I have to tell you, I, uh, I, I, I took one look at it and basically like uh, only read about two pages, and that was the end of my Superpowers experience. It was terrible. Who did this? I don't remember. It was a Kirby thing. I, that's what oh. I was mentioning to you that I have gotten in arguments with these guys. And, and it was a DC? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It was a, a toy tie-in. And oh. they let Kirby redesign the fourth world character so he would get royalty money from the toys. And he simplified them in the dark side. He turned them all into sort of cartoon-looking <coughs> characters. And it was just a real cheesy, kid-oriented uh, series. Now, I heard a rumor. I have no idea how true this is, but I will spout it off to you and let you correct me if you know anything about it. Um, I heard a rumor that the whole impetus behind superpowers was to uh, for, for DC to do something that would compete with the Marvel toy line around Secret Wars. Eh, I've heard that, I, but it, well, how valid it is or yeah, is not, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, these look all... I'm looking at the covers right now, and they look awful. Kirby, um, it was considered very good of DC to give Kirby this the, work at a yeah. time. Yeah, but look right. at Dark Side. Yeah. Well, see, they look awful because he redesigned them to be toys. Right. And also, he was getting pretty old. He was getting up there. He was probably in his late 60s, early 70s at that time. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, when we were talking about the, the quality of his work going down, I think that was just something that continued because yeah. uh, I think he had had it at that point, but he still had to, unfortunately, still had to make a living. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. I mean, like, going back to it, it's a great story. I mean, it's really... It's good stuff. I like, and I know, and I was thinking when I was reading it that when he just dealt with them, it was really good. When he tried to incorporate the Earth world and the Earth people, it was terrible. Well, and that's part of why the Jimmy Olsen ones were by far the worst, and I had to literally stop reading them. Well, this brings, the other ones were fantastic. That brings me to the chief criticism of Kirby, which is his writing ability or lack thereof. Right. Um, because the, the main falling out he had with Stan Lee and why he left mm-hmm. uh, was he got no credit for what he did and they wouldn't let him write any of his own books. Well, that seems like counterintuitive. Well, there was Kirby's idea of it depends on what you think of as writing because what Kirby did with Joe Simon was a lot of like what he did with uh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee brainstorming and creating characters and stuff which Kirby was and plots which Kirby was brilliant at but the actual scripting he wasn't that good at right Kirby and he scripted this yes he did everything yeah and he just didn't have that great a feel for language and particularly well he could write 
aliens and gods and stuff like that. But when he tried to write man on the street stuff, mm-hmm. and particularly when he tried to write anything <clears throat> ethnic or black characters, you could tell his whole idea of black characters, how they talked, he got it from black exploitation movies. It was like, you're trying to job me, hip cat? I'll cut you up. You know, it was really awful stuff. <laughs> it was um, really But then well, on the other hand, here, let me, all right. I, I, you know, I'll, I will get hate mail now. Let me, all right, here I have, this is a reprint, and it's Forever People number two, and it's a big shot of Dark Side. Yeah. Which, by the way, you look at that, and I saw an interview with Kirby, and they asked him, where did you get the inspiration for Dark Side? East Rome Island? Close. He said, uh, I like to play with archetypes with these kind of characters, and th- the look of Dark Side is the combination of the Sphinx for wisdom, but the Neanderthal for a th- uh, feeling of threat. Mm. So he has that big brow line. Oh, right, right, right. So a, that's the, that's what the images he was playing with for Dark Side. But uh, there's a big splash page here, and Darkseid is talking to this character called Glorious Godfrey. Glorious Godfrey was Kirby's comment on televangelists. Right, yeah, that was kind of obvious. And Darkseid says, and I'm going to quote here, this is Kirby's writing, Darkseid says, I like you, Glorious Godfrey. You're a shallow, precious child, the revelationist, happy with the sweeping sound of words. But I am the revelation, the tiger force at the core of all things. Tiger force. When you cry out in your dreams, it is dark side that you see. He was great at writing these aliens and yeah. gods and all that stuff. You know, it was just when he had to write man on the street, ah, uh, shucks. Yeah, all the like the police procedural stuff and right. everything was so stilted. Yeah. And just, do, you, do you agree with me, Alan? Do you see oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. I mean. The the uh, so so and, my then, on and it. that's one of the reasons why I think that Jimmy Olsen was so bad. Yeah, because the Newsboy Legion, that stuff was. I well, mean, it might have been great but in it's the forties. Jimmy 40s. Olsen. Yes, this is true. <laughs> you need to re- you need to listen to uh, Grant Morrison riff into the old Jimmy Olsen stuff from well, now. My, my book, New Gods, Super I, Gods. What I have, I've never read any of the Jimmy Olsen stuff that predates Kirby. Giant Turtle Boy. Uh, but um, oh yeah, but yeah, I yeah. have I have Silver heard, I've stuff. heard from source after source after source that like uh, Kirby's Jimmy Olsen was so much better. Oh yeah, oh I would yeah, love oh, yeah. to. It, it, the worst he did was better than. But no, see, uh, here's something else. Though, and I'm not going to go too far into this, but I just had a discussion with an, a writer, comic writer, who will remain unnamed. You're no fun. That loves that stuff and swears up and down it's the best comics ever written. Uh-huh. And that was his childhood favorite. Now you need to name him so I can never give him any nostalgia money. for it. Now he ruined air. everything, and he can't watch the Flash TV show because it's not exactly like the Flash of his childhood. Uh. I'm just sitting there going. This is the worst crap ever done, you know? I mean, even as a little kid, eight years old, we laughed at the DC comics of the 60s. Sure. Well, I mean, like, I remember when I was a kid, we stayed, um, this was like 78, Mm -hmm. I guess, 77, 78. Um, After school, we went to this after school thing at the Y, and it was not that many of us, and it wasn't a very big YMCA. This is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And they had comic books. And they're like, we have all these comic books. You can read comic books. And they had books. You could color, you know. Well, I read all the comic books. Well, the comic books were all Silver Age, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, 
Um, and then some of the more the 70s or Bronze Age, and then a ton of Carlton comics. Mm -hmm. So I read The Question and all these crazy, and there was, I'm pretty much convinced there was a Mr. A in there somewhere or something <laughs> like that that was right. a little bit discerning. But I remember reading those Silver Age, and I was like, I was in elementary school, and I was insulted by these comics. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they were really, really <laughs> bad. You know, but then if you go back and read the Batman of those eras or that Superman's a dick, those are all the Silver Age covers. Yeah, they I are. mean that stuff back then. I mean, but it was <clears throat> it was cheap thrills. I mean, they could just churn that stuff out. And well, I mean, kids that, that's, bought it. <clears throat> I think that's kind of the the, the point though. Is and that there's also was the a, comic code came out and they no. had to follow that and that kiddied it out. Well, too. it was a it was, it, was, it was the idea that the books had to come out monthly because they weren't going to be on the stand for much longer than that. And right. People weren't going to, you know, be able to see them infinitely and all that. And the difference we have today is that people know that their work's going to be seen for decades and decades and decades right, to right, come, right. you know. And so it's just it's just a different... There yeah. were certain things, though, that they Five. just showed they didn't have any respect for the audience. And the Legion of Superheroes, which I like the characters and the covers and things, but every one, they would get into a jam... And they would get one would turn to another and go, uh, you know, Galaxy Girl, do you think you can gimmick together something and blow up this villain? And she's like, I'm sure I can. And then off camera, she'd do something and come up with some, you know, incredible machine and, and short circuit the villain. And it's like, gimmick something up, really? I, you know, when I was, was that when years, Jim Shooter was writing them? When no, was like no, that years wasn't old? Shooter. That was uh, before Shooter. Yeah, long um, before Shooter. Well, Shooter was like literally like a kid riding the Legion. He was like no, twelve I, years old. Yeah, I know, but but what he's talking about is like the stuff from the sixties when it was still like part of the Superboy comic book. Yeah. Oh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, those were pretty awful. Yeah. I liked it later on. But um but I remember there was um uh what was it? That I remember I remember reading I remember like talk, going back to this I remember the new gods because I had like five dollars mm -hmm. and I was at the Bradley's drugstore in Knoxville and I had five dollars I was spending every freaking cent of that on comic books and I was there and I remember buying like and kids that got you a lot of comics yeah then. they were 20 25 cents a piece yeah and uh, I remember one of them was like a new gods but I looked through it and I was like I don't I don't know what this is and I remember putting it back <laughs> but all right, so I want to uh, I want to mention just because we're starting to run out of time, I want to mention the other media that uh, that uh, the Fourth World has appeared in. Specifically, um, there was a cartoon called The Super Friends, the legendary superpower show. I don't remember it. that never at all. It. When did that come on? <coughs> Let's see here. That would have been in. Uh, I'm looking for a date on it right now. 1984 to 1985. Oh, yeah. That was, that was around the time the comic came mm -hmm. out, so I, I never realized there was a yeah. cartoon. And then, of course, uh, uh, Roy's already mentioned Superman the Animated Series, as well as Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, where Darkseid played a major role in all of that. Um, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Did anybody ever watch this cartoon? Uh-uh. It was actually pretty fun. Uh, I think that you'd like to yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah, yeah. moments. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly designed to be campier and and made for kids, but right. uh, but 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 they throw they throw an adult a bone. Oh, okay, it had a very retro look too. It didn't had it? a very retro look. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. Um, and as we already mentioned, uh, uh, Darkseid was the uh, villain in the final season of uh, Smallville, uh, and they appeared in Young Justice. Um, 
the forever well, also, people did. And now, who was the bad guy? Because the bad guy in that in those episodes was a fourth world character too. But it, I don't remember it being Dark Seed, Dark Side. Why do I always say Dark Seed? Dark you're, you're not alone. Other people. Here's the way it's spelled. Well, if he wanted it to be called Dark Side, why don't he spell it S I D E? It's a uh, it's a German, Germanic well, spelling. Germanic spelling. Okay. So I don't I don't remember who the who the uh, villain was. It might have been like the Sod. I think it was the Sod or the Sad or whatever. Yeah, you know. Sod. Well, hey, Bernie you're missing. And it was brother. also in the '70s. It was a major motion picture. It's called Star Wars. <laughs> I, I was going to mention that uh, that yeah. there are many people who feel that Lucas. I mean, my, I, what, I mean there's a, it's like a lot of Star I Wars. I mean, it's a lot. Well, the I exchange mean, of the of the kids that's the from something, isn't it? Do what? The exchange of the kids, like well, the, that's something that they used to do in ancient times. To actually, well, oh, uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, historically, they used to yeah. really do that to settle yeah. uh, wars and things. But I mean, like, I feel like, I'll be honest with you, I feel like Scott Free seems like a really nice guy, and he totally got screwed in this because, like, <laughs> Orion gets to go and live in the laugh of luxury, and he gets to go to Granny's and gets the <laughs> shit beat out of him on a daily basis. And God knows what else they do to him there. But he did end up with Big Barda, so it might all work well, there out. There you me. go. Did like, you, what was it Orion's, or what is it Oberon says when the first time he sees her in a bikini? <laughs> He's got some really chauvinistic comment. That's Did awesome. Did you know that she was based on Lainey Kazan? I don't know who that is. She's a, a model and actress. Uh, she appeared in Playboy in the 70s. Okay. Um, K-A-Z-A-N? L-A-N-I-E, Lainey Kazan, K A Z A N, I think. Has anyone read besides me read the uh, the recent uh, Wonder Woman story that includes Orion? No. Pretty good. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good depiction of Orion. I thought it was much more successful than any of the uh, Orion short-lived Orion series I've I've read. I'm a little irritated, uh, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I've seen the redesign of Orion for the. Dark Side Wars, and I'm not too impressed. They sort of made him look like a biker. Oh, yeah. Black leather. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that is the uh, that is the trend, isn't it? It's hard to improve on Kirby stuff. I, I That's one of my main gripes about the Marvel movies is how they uh, have gotten rid of most of the Kirby design. Well, you know, in, in, in fairness to them, I think that it would look... Uh, it would be difficult to make some of the Kirby design stuff uh, look menacing in a in a more realistic setting. I don't think they even tried though. Although the destroyer looks exactly like the character from the comic, and that's pretty menacing. Well, I mean, I will say that the uh, uh, the Galactus in uh, the the Fantastic Four was uh, an abomination. But <laughs> the, the uh, Cloud Galactus. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, and and they clearly didn't try to come up with a way to modernize the look of the uh, of uh, of the classic Galactus or whatever. But but I do think that the classic Galactus would be a very very difficult look to pull off and actually feel like a real threat in a more yeah. realistic yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Did you ever see? Bane that was a- pretty close to what he looks like in the comics. 
Yes, yes, Thanos is just about exact, but that's a, that's that's a rip of a Kirby design as opposed to a, a direct Kirby design, right? Well, it's sort of based on a lot of people thought when they saw that they were not aware of <clears throat> past history. They thought he was a scroll because mm-hmm. they're very similar, and right. uh, Thanos is kind of a rip off of Kirby's scroll designs mm-hmm. with the big chin and everything. Right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that was like straight out of. Uh, um, I mean that was that was pretty much straight, you know, right on mm-hmm. in the movie. Well, it's pretty clear that Dan DiDio has a great love for uh, the fourth world because he keeps trying to make it work. And uh, what's well, hilarious DC is who Lainey Kazan grew up. You know, like when she got older, who she was because <laughs> she's like she's really funny. She's a comedic actress, which you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good good call on that one. Um, but he says something like, whatever man made her wear clothes should be beaten or something like that <laughs> is his comment. when he, That's the, the midget assistant of I Scott see. Free. The little person. The, yeah, the little person, sorry. All right, so... Um, um, can we talk about how the one absolute total lame character that he came up with for this? Uh, who is the... The black racer? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that is the stupidest crap ever. The guy on skis with ski poles and he's death incarnate. I know. He was trying to... I can only imagine. He was well, he had a surfer. So revisit the surfer, skier. right? It's like, what is... Well, one absurd character really hit. Why not give it another try, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, the black racer, I was just like, okay, I, I'm done. Don't do. It. I mean, if he if he somehow did it, but it was the fact that he had the ski poles that took it too far, in my opinion. <laughs> I uh, I cannot argue with you. <laughs> I mean, I'll even let Lashina, Stompa, Mad Harriet, and Bernadetta go. Yeah. Oh well, they see, were all that was all kind of funny. That all gets into yeah, over the top bondage type stuff. Yeah. So you can get away with that. Wow. But, uh, and then uh, Granny Goodness. Did you know in the cartoon this was so hilarious to me? Ed Asner does the voice of if Granny Goodness. He doesn't, you know. He's so oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, way right. over the I top. I didn't realize that was Ed Asner. It's funny That's as funny. hell. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a kind of odd though that he like the names like you know. Dark side and you know Desad and Orion and Allfather and Granny Goodness and what were the other bad guys' names? Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Yeah, there was. <laughs> and he just—it's like he ran out of good names and just started throwing. Well, the oh, ones and the short stories for you know like the stories of the New Genesis. And there was one. The guy's name is Lonar, right, and he's right. a loner. Right. <laughs> You could have called him something else. We would have figured it out. That's become a really horrific like naming trend, though, in the last decade or so, where people are just naming characters based on what they actually do. Do yeah, yeah, like Hero from Heroes. Yeah. Oh, they're coming back out with Heroes, by the way. They are. Yeah, they're coming out with a new version. Uh, that is rebooting, horrible. They're rebooting Heroes, the TV now, series. The first year was good. It just went off the rails after the typical story. Kring, the creator, went off to do something else and left it in the hands of people that didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, I guess. Oh, one thing you, um, Scotty, you asked what other things uh, Kirby did for DC. Mm-hmm. He also did OMAC. Oh, right. Oh, One man. man army yeah, core yeah, yeah. or whatever. They've revisited that a lot too. Yeah, they have. The Which the few th- Omax like I was like 
did that predate Judge Dredd? Because a lot of that stuff looked very much like I guess I don't the, think so. The people who read so. Judge, Judge Dredd's been around a long time. Hmm. Well, 2000 AD started in the early. They started at about the same time, but I think Judge Dredd started like so many years after 2000 AD started. But those are very. They have very similar feels. Yeah, but there wasn't in OMAC. There wasn't so much of a you know Judge Dredd as kind of tongue in cheek, you know. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, but just like the future, the kind of oh, Judge dis- Dredd's much more recent than I realized. Uh, 1977, huh? Yeah, when so OMAC, OMAC did come before, right around the same time, yeah. probably before Kirby had gone back to Marvel by then and was doing Captain America. Um. Well, how long was he gone? He was gone. Five years. He signed a five-year contract. So he left in 70? Or yeah. was it 71? Mm, somewhere around Because he came back. Because I remember there was a Captain America bicentennial comic, and they talk about Kirby being back or something, and he did the cover. Oh. Am, I, am I imagining this? No, he did. So. Uh, yeah, he. it was 70 to 75, so that would have been right about the yeah. time. He did a Bicentennial Battles, one of those big... Yeah, uh, the Treasuries. Things. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Kirby, unfortunately, after the failure of the, of the Fourth World, uh, was never quite the same. I don't think he quite ever put as much into his work. I mean, he did some great artwork, yeah. but creatively, story-wise, concept-wise, yeah, he, I think he just said, well, I gave it my best shot. Well, it, and, and then after that, like the whole 80s, he pretty much just did like the Hanna-Barbera animation um he did Captain Story Victory, which was a creator-owned thing, but unfortunately by that time he was pretty much considered passe. Right. His style was out of style. Yeah. But I, I would like to I see remember. like his later, like I've not really seen a lot of the Captain Victory or his late, late drawings because like, it's interesting like to look at Frank Miller's mm-hmm. well, Kirby had evolution a, as an, as he, an illustrator. Uh, he had a stroke a, at some point. And oh, did this, he? Everything started tilting in oh. one direction. It was kind of... That's sad. Weird. But the one thing, if you're really into Kirby, I'll tell everybody, the only good thing to come out of the Fantastic Four movie DVD is there is a great documentary about Jack Kirby and the special features. (laughs) You can watch it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Let's check that out. I didn't know that. It's got, they talked to that Barry Windsor guy. Right. Barry Windsor Smith, is that his name? He's hilarious because he's like, look at this, look how it just... I, I just don't even want to look at this. Just don't, don't, just put it away. You know, he was really funny. And then, of course, Neil Adams. And they talked to Roz and they talked to his two assistants that went out to California with Mark him. Mark Devanier and uh, Steve Sherman. Yeah. But it's really, it's a good documentary about him and cool. his life and stuff. So, since awesome. this is kind of what this podcast, you know, it's his fourth world, but we're talking about him in him, general. Yeah. Jack Kirby in general. Yeah. And so. it lives on. Dark Side Wars this summer from DC. Yeah. Uh, how good or bad it's going to be, I don't know. But Kirby's and Roz will oh. make <laughs> zip. You know, well, they've. Uh, I don't know what the the situation is between the Kirby heirs and DC. Right. You know, they've recently settled with Marvel, and you see every the beginning of everything. It says created by uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Ah. And the amounts of money I've heard thrown around, I mean, you know, it's settled out of court, so nobody uh, Nobody will know. It's I've heard anywhere from $10 million to $80 million. Um, well, now's the time to do it. If you want money out of Marvel, sue them now. <laughs> right. Right.